you need to be aware of, of the world of disability. So it doesn't just stop with you and your son. It's a much wider world in which we live. It's a world which a lot of people are involved in and this is where men should really talk more to each other. That's Evan from The Gap. He's been a carer for his son with cerebral palsy for the past 40 years. And in this episode, he shares his story about the challenges and triumphs of raising a child with a disability. Hi, welcome to A Few Good Men. I'm Murray Jones, and this podcast aims to understand some of the very difficult and unexpected journeys that many men have experienced when raising children with a disability and the way that has altered the course of their lives. We are going to cover it all, immense challenges, the lonely roads, and of course, the rewards that can be discovered along the way. 40 years of life, yet never a holiday together. That's the reality for Evan and his wife, who've dedicated their lives to caring for their disabled son, Timmy. Evan's son Timmy has cerebral palsy, and like many of us, he's faced some tough times along the way. But through it all, Evan has found resilience and determination to be the best dad he can be. In this episode, he shares his initial disbelief and acceptance of their son's diagnosis, the constant search for medical solutions, the impact it's had on their marriage, and his concerns for his son's future now that Evan is nearly 81. G'day Evan, thanks very much for doing this interview. It's much appreciated. Pleasure, mate. First of all, tell me about your boy. Timmy. Timmy is 39, going on 40, diagnosed with cerebral palsy at a little after birth, about two months after birth. Timmy had epilepsy, quite severe epilepsy. The brain damaged to the point where he's probably more like a six-year-old, illiterate, innumerate. That's mentally and physically affected his left side, his left hand doesn't work. His left leg doesn't work properly. All in all, a tough case to handle both mentally and physically. And how old is he? 39. Nearly 40. 40 in May of this year. Right. Uh, 40 years out of our life. So it's been a long, long journey, mate. Can you remember how did that affect you at the time? It impacts hugely on your own personality, your own personal life. That initial diagnosis, though, what was... Oh, it's just a... You sort of go into a state of shock and disbelief. This can't be true. There must be a way around this. Maybe it's a misdiagnosis. You keep going back to the same old pediatricians or specialists trying to get a different result, which doesn't happen. The bottom line is you've got to eventually accept it for what it is. And then you start to realise the impact it's going to have on your own life. My wife and I have never had a holiday together. One of us always stays behind to look after our disabled son. Even though he might be in respite, he's still got to be on call 24-7. So you've never had a holiday together? What's that do to a marriage? Well, what does it do? How's your marriage? Well, fortunately, she's a lot sharper than me and a lot smarter. <laughs> and after 40 years, she doesn't want to go on a holiday with me anyway. <laughs> but no, it's a, it's a reality of life that you have to accept that you have your son in our case who needs this love and care and attention non-stop in whatever form that takes. Mate, can I ask, I think as blokes, we, I know it's a generalisation, but we tend to want to fix things. Did you feel like there must be something you can do to fix the problem? Those early days, I, I could imagine you went down every possible you, way. You do go every, every avenue. Your kid was going back to your specialists hoping for a, a way out of this. At one stage, there was talk of operation techniques that Fixed epilepsy, they turned out to be highly dangerous at that stage. Yeah. So we didn't go down that step. Therefore, you revert back to medication and you keep looking for equally or better and more effective medication with less side effects, which you can't find. It's never an inquest. 
what are you trying to do? Is there a medical solution? Is there an operational solution? There's not. You've got to eventually come to, to realise, no, what we have is what we've got. That's mm. not going to get any better. And if we go back 40 years ago to 1982? 83. 82, 83. There were a lot less resources available then than there are now and a lot less of a roadmap to go down. Well, a huge difference from now to then, not only in the medical side of things, which have improved enormously, but also in the day-to-day help programs. I mean, people like Help and Blue Care didn't really exist in those days. For people with disability, they did for aged care or youth care, but not the world of disability. Well, if you go back a little bit further, about the 50s and 60s, there were institutions that you could park your son or daughter in, and the recommendation was put them in one of those and drive away and enjoy your life. There were the days of shut-up workshops, all very medieval and yeah. not very attractive to a mum and a dad. I know you wouldn't be ashamed to say you're turning 81 this year. <laughs> So you were late to get married and uh, obviously you had a fairly carefree life beforehand. What, yes. um, how do you reckon it's changed you as a person? In several ways. One in which I do notice is that you take a lot more notice yourself of other disabled people and their carers or their parents. In public, you're more aware of what they're going through. Sometimes you're able to give them just a nod of support, a thumbs up. Sorry, we know what you're going through, but stick mm-hmm. with it. That's one change I noticed in my own life. You reckon you've become a bit more compassionate or got more empathy? Not so much compassionate, but certainly caring, empathy, and aware, aware of, of the world of disability. So it doesn't just stop with you and your son. It's a much wider world in which we live, and you need to be aware, take the blinkers off, that you're not just looking after your son. It's a world which a lot of people are involved in, and this is where men should really talk more to each other. Yeah. Which is where your concept of a few good men, I believe, has huge legs to enable us men to, to, get, to handle it better. Yeah, well, let's hope so. And also to be able to put up our big hand for others to come towards this group of people who are talking about themselves. Yeah. Because we don't talk enough about it. No, we don't talk enough about it, and it is tough. It's the old adage, unless you've walked a mile in someone's shoes, you can't possibly know what the journey's been like. And I think no, um, hopefully this developed into a community of yeah. good men trying to help each other and find solutions for the future. Yep. What does the future hold for Timmy? You know, you're 81. You're in good shape, mate, by the way. I don't know what your secret is, but uh, oh, you're looking pretty good. I'll feel better after a couple of scotches tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Look, the future for Tim, fortunately, and... I applaud the concept of NDIS in its broadest strokes. Yeah. It was a long time coming and certainly a necessity in the world of disability. What's it hold for Tim? Fortunately, we'll be able to install him in his own separate living accommodation. He'll need SDA housing as he becomes less mobile and less able to help himself. And that's a reality of the NDIS scheme providing all sorts of different housing for all sorts of disabilities. So once we get him into that, we'll feel a lot happier. So if you could wave a magic wand, <laughs> the old, the old, put a magic wand, how would you change things now 
and in the future. Someone said to me um, with our boy Fred, you know, if you could wave a magic wand and Fred could be born normally, what would you say? It's interesting. It's an interesting question because the journey that we've had and that you've obviously had with Timmy has been tough and unexpected. It, it certainly it opens up a world that unless you experience, you wouldn't understand anything about the world of disability. And so my answer is, no. I, I'm, look, it's, it's a really difficult question. Would, would I change anything? I, you know, would you... It's a tough one, isn't it? Well, you know, it's an impossible yeah. question. It's an impossible so, question, probably. Um, what would you change? I I look at Tim occasionally. But some of the stories he tells his carers, his mum and dad should be in jail. He's got a wonderfully creative mind when it works that way. Yeah. So I sometimes think, you know, if he'd had been born as an all person in terms of mental and physical attributes, he could have been a very creative person up there in terms of a novelist or a musician or a, mm. he, loved, he loves his Scottish pipe bands. He'd write great crime novels with yeah. his father and mother. Not the hero and heroine, but the, the baddies. The bad guys. Uh, yeah. So you, you, you tend to, you know, I suppose that's one wishful thing you do, let your mind wander off and what could have been. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. And maybe down the track, medical science will alleviate some of these disabilities where they can be overcome to a degree. Or we can tap into that creativity. And I suppose when I look at Fred, some of the things that Fred does, it's just extraordinary. You know, his memory and his ability, creative ability. And it sounds like Timmy's the same. But there's no acceptance of that. No. In the community. And hopefully we can be part of this as well. It's about focusing on the ability rather than the disability. Yes. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. You know, so. Point. Even though they're disabled to whatever degree, there's always a little positive sign in there of something that something they as aware is that we're doing. Yeah. Tim has a way of weaving people around his finger, like, <laughs> and they all become his best friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For example, he was at the races one day. He loves races. Uh, Didn't get that off his old man, did he? Uh, no, of course not. <laughs> And Jimmy Byrne, who's a, quite a famous Queensland jockey, was captivated by Tim's talking. And I mean, I was turned up at Tim's birthday party at a run of his club. So he ends his ability to attract other people to his cause, whatever that may be. So what's your wish for Timmy? Oh, when you leave the mortal coil. <laughs> I'm sure you've got plenty of years left. We had a big few. Catch yeah. up with my new grandkids. I'd like to think Timmy can get settled into a new living environment, particularly. Yeah. And continue to access all his regular daily and weekly activities and enjoy what life he's got left. Yeah. Simple as that. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Evan as much as I did. His story is a powerful reminder that we're not alone on this journey. If you found value in today's episode, please share it with someone you think could benefit from it. Thanks for joining us on A Few Good Men. If you want to connect with our community of men raising children with disabilities, you can find us on social media or find more resources at afewgoodmen.com.au.